All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. A thunderous Thursday afternoon. How are you? Welcome to the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Live on Oilers Nation YouTube as the uh, Edmonton Oilers are in San Jose to take on the Sharks. The uh, Gregor Show, as always, is presented by our title sponsor, PlayAlberta.ca, where, hey, you can get in the action. Did you know that PlayAlberta, like maybe you're just like, you know what, I got to change things up. Well, they have the uh, draw today. The Daily Grand, where you can win a thousand dollars a day for twenty years. Oof, that is pretty good. Dollar a day for life. And get uh, caps out at uh, twenty years, which we did the math. That would be a seven point two million dollars. Not bad. Not bad at all. So um, yeah, we will. Uh, we'll see. Hopefully, one of you win it. That'll be nice. Um, It is uh, a busy Thursday in the National Hockey League. Of course, the uh, Edmonton Oilers are uh, on the road to uh, take on the Sharks. They got to win the game, don't they? Please, for the love of everything, San Jose, just lose. Selfishly, um, it's, it's always a good lesson in life that sometimes thinking before you speak can be good, even... If you're uh, you're thinking kind of just positively, it has the potential to come back and haunt you. I don't know how many text messages I've received from people who I thought were my friends. I'm questioning that now. I'm questioning it. Listeners with uh, lots of different memes, 
photos, Costanza, other uh, Captain Steubing, many other follically challenged gents who uh, have elected to, to not completely let the dream die on the sides and the back. Yeah, it's not a great look. Oh, orders loose tonight. I'll be joining that group. And uh, so, and it's not only that, Connor, it's the fact that I agreed to do it for that long. That's probably what annoys me more than anything, right? Like I could have got just like two months would have been fine in hindsight, but so yeah, the Edmonton orders. And here's the thing. Statistically, I, I can give you every statistical number that says the Oilers should win this game. So the uh, San Jose Sharks. They rank dead last in goals for, and they're dead last in expected goals for. So this is not a team that produces a lot of offense. They're dead last in high danger chances created offensively. They're dead last in shots on net. They're dead last in slot shots, inner slot shots, slot passes, ozone possession time. Oh, but they are 31st in shot attempts. Dead last in rush chances. Dead last in cycle chances. 29th in rebound chances. Now, where the orders maybe need to be concerned, four-check chances. Why? Because the San Jose Sharks dump and chase more than any other team, which in today's world is very odd. Not a lot of teams do it. The Sharks do. It's not necessarily a great stat. The Edmonton orders, in case you're wondering, the orders have created the fifth most high-danger chances, but they're 26th in goal scored. They're not, they're not burying. They're not finishing anything. They are third in shots on goal per game. They're second in inner slot shots. They're first in offensive zone possession time. First in rebound chances. Third in cycle chances. Third in four check chances. But again, 26th in actual goals. It's the old adage. You can lead a horse to water. You can't make them drink. The orders are getting chances. They're not bearing them. And then you look at the defense of the Sharks. So I mentioned the orders are fifth best team in high danger chances. The Sharks defensively, well, they're the worst, allowing 4.58 goals per game. Their expected goals is 4.09. Like that is really high. Every game they're expected to give up four goals a game. Shot attempts dead last. Shots on net dead last. Slot shots, inner slot shots, slot passes, offensive zone possession time to the opposition, all dead last. The one place they're decent is uh, they're, they're 13th as far as the amount of rebound chances they give up. That's it. High danger chances, they've allowed the most. Like, come on. How do they not win the game? But that's why you play games in sports. And this game, like, I can envision it now. The Sharks scoring early in the game. Brutal. And uh, old Leahy Costanza here gets a little stressed. I'm not going to lie. This is very selfish. I totally admit it. But I had many of you on the text line. Hey, Gregor, I have to admit, I'm a diehard order fan, and I really want them to make the playoffs. But I'm torn. I'd much rather see you for six months wear the Costanza. Brad. Oh, Brad. First of all, I appreciate you listening to the show. 
I don't appreciate your thoughts on what you would like to see happen tonight, but I appreciate you listening to the show. You can text us 833-401-1440 in our uh, Jiffy Lube inbox. Stuart Skinner will get the start in goal tonight. The lines are going to be the lines that uh, they finished last game with. McLeod, McDavid, and Hyman. They played, uh, actually, they played almost nine minutes together, five on five last game. You had Fogel, Holloway, and Dreisaitl. Nugent Hopkins with Kane and Gagne. And then Hamlin is with Ryan and Raphael Lavoie. Defense pairings the same. Nurse, CeCe, Bouchard, Ekholm, Kulak, Deharnay. So uh, Skinner will get the start. Uh, Mackenzie Blackwood will go. Kalen Addison will draw in for the Sharks. So here is a number that well, I've never seen. Honestly, the Sport Logic numbers that I gave you, I've I've had those now. Sports Logic has been around for four years. I have never seen a team thirty second in almost every category. Like the Sharks are bad. And for for those of you who who follow like goal four, which is five on. Five goals, four goals against. The Sharks have one player. This is no joke. They have one player on their team who hasn't been outscored essentially three to one. That will be Mikhail Granlin. He's at a 40% because he's on the ice for two goals. He's been uh, two goals, four, three goals against. He has a goal, four share of 40%. Every other Shark player is at 25% or lower. Right? Like, they're getting crushed at 5-on-5. Like, crushed. They've been outscored 33-7. to If the Edmonton Oilers cannot score at least four goals, we, we showed you the number, expected goals against every game for the Sharks is four. And guess what? Philly just scored one. That brought it down. Even by allowing one goal their last game, they still allowed 21 in the last three. So this is, like, honestly, like the orders, I know they just need a win. And, and a win can at least give you some positive thoughts. But we thought that last time, right? Against Calgary. Then what happened? Loss, loss, loss. So, we'll, uh, We'll see it. Hey, Jason, the Scullet is almost worse than lost. Almost from uh, Dirk. Hey, Gregor, imagine the grudge you'll have with the team the rest of the year. As he's asking the hard questions with awful hair from KM. You're not wrong. Trust me, it would be a daily reminder. Some player comes out to you, hey, Gregor, why do you have such a terrible hairstyle? Because you couldn't beat the worst team in the league. And a discussion. So, there we go. Hey, Greg's like many listeners, I'm torn on the Oilers winning. Are you getting the Costanza? I'll put on a wager on the Oilers to allow me to cheer with you. <laughs> oh, that, hey, man, I like that. I like the positive twist there. Hmm. Hey, guys, we should regress to the mean eventually and we'll return to form. Biggest issue is trying is still relying on Skinner and all the odd man rushes were given up. Mark and St. Albert. Well, I guess if you say they're going to regress to the mean, wouldn't that mean that Skinner would suddenly get would eventually get better and the orders would start limiting the chances off the rock? But I, I do want to point out, 
it's not just like chances off the rush, obviously, are not great. But what about slot shots? The Oilers are 31st. Only team worse than Edmonton in allowing slot shots? The San Jose Sharks. Now, Skinner does need to improve because the one number for Skinner that's ugly is right now he's a minus 8.7 on expected goals. So he's expected to have allowed 17 goals or 18 goals. He's allowed 26. Right? Oh, sorry. 17 and he's allowed 26. It's 8.78 is where he's at. Almost nine. So basically they're saying by their numbers, like look at the pre-suitor goal, for instance. That would be one where they should say that's a goal that he was expected to save. Right? That would be one. So not uh, not a great start. I guess the good news is uh, he can get better. But when you look at it, like Jack Campbell, for, for all of the uh, the angst that people have about Jack Campbell, if you look at it, and that's what we said, like, I don't think Jack Campbell was sent down because he was infinitely worse. Like, Jack Campbell has allowed 20 goals. His expected goals against was 18.66. So he's minus 1.35. Like, it's never good to be minus. You always want to be at bare minimum even, but you want to be above. Skinner's goals against are 26. His expected is 17.22. Right? So... Campbell has an 878 save percentage. Skinner has an 859 save percentage. Slot save percentage. Campbell has an 802. Skinner has a 770. Inner slot save percentage. Campbell has a 683. Skinner has a 644. There was the option, and that's why I say, like, I can see both sides of it. There was the option to say, hey, we're going to go with Calvin Pickard here. Because, like, Stuart, you haven't played up to the level. Like, we need a win. But then there's the other side where they say, hey, we think Skinner's our guy. And at some point we feel it's going to turn around. So why not do it against a team where he should be able to gain some confidence, you would think. But again, we probably thought that after. I thought he had a really good game against the Rangers, even though they lost. And then they played the Flames. Now, he wasn't tested a whole bunch, but he was fine in that game. Unable to build on it. So we'll find out. If the orders and Skinner can build on it uh, this time, uh, they will need it. Cons, what, what's your expectations tonight? Big Oilers win. Like, you've gone through it. There's no reason the Edmonton Oilers should not win this game. And I, I, I've heard people say, well, you know, the Sharks beat Philadelphia. But go back and look at that game. I mean, the Flyers had so many shots, so many good opportunities. I think the Edmonton Oilers have to look at this one as kind of a chance to springboard. Get your confidence back. Put the puck in the back of the net. You go up 3-1-4-1. You're not stopping. You continue to send out the, the rotation of the top lines. Put up points. Get the swagger back that you need. Play tough. You know, maybe Evander Kane going back to San Jose lights a little fire underneath him, and he, he gets doing what we've seen him do in the past and gives the, the Oilers that that arrogance, that confidence, the swagger, whatever you want to call it. They need to find it, and they need to find it quick. I think the Oilers win big. I'm... I'm not as confident as you were a couple days ago. I, I'm not going to, you know, shave the top of my head and, and go for the red foreman. But Well, just for the record, I'm not shaving mine. It just well, doesn't, you know, it's, <laughs> it's not an option. That's how I'd get there. That okay. would be the route I would mm-hmm. have to take. But Like I, a good teammate. I thought a good teammate would offer to say, you know what, I'll, I'll do it with you. Well, yeah. you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I thought maybe I could be uh, another <laughs> member of the Trailer Park Boys, perhaps, like Julian, maybe. Oh, 
Oh, ju- oh Julian. Now, now, so so basically, you're just going to hey, hey, Gregor, <laughs> guess what? Well, you walk around with the Costanza Leahy. I'm just going to have a drink every show. Every show. Oh, nice. Black nice. tea or, you know, yeah, yeah. Ricky and get the hair going. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, you took you took the main character in that one, the the real one. But I don't think. Well, you have to why worry could you be Randy? It. You're as hairy as Randy. You could just you know, walk around with no shirt on. I don't think HR will like that. There's yeah, there's that that will get me kicked out of the mall, and uh, it just wouldn't go over very well. Uh, but don't worry about it. You're good. Uh, You're good. Uh, uh, Jordan hashtag with Brad. <laughs> Why are you laughing? We had a lot of people this morning, too, during Fantasy Frenzy that are bringing it up. Like, obviously, this is making the rounds. And a lot of people said, I want the Oilers to win, but I also want to see the Skullet. So. Hey, Gregor, I dare you to tell the Oilers of the reason for your haircut. Kyle Mill Woods. Well, of course I would. Because <laughs> someone's going to, what do you drink? Like, of course, they would be like, what's up with you? And I'm like, well, yeah, you guys sucked against the Sharks. It's essentially why. Oh, yeah, trust me. Oh. I'd be, uh, I'd say, hey, pack your bags, going on a guilt trip, no question. Kidding me? Joke. So, man, just even the thought of it, it just, I'll be honest, I didn't sleep very well last night. I'm not even, I'm not even making that up. I woke up today at 5.30 and I was just like, God, this is the worst. Like, you know what? Had I just said agree, like I could get away with it. It was a month. What I'm more upset about is the fact that I committed long term. That's the problem. That's a commitment for my whole life. Then I do something like this for six months. What an idiot. And there's no one else I can blame. That's the problem. No one. I was the stupid one. No one even asked. I just did it myself. God. It's like I'm the oars in the defensive zone. Just an unforced error. Here's a gift. Here you go. Brutal. Brutal. Uh, coming up on the show, uh, the San Jose Sharks. Can they get on a winning streak? Uh, Mike Monaco from uh, ESPN will uh, join us. Uh, we have Bronte coming up. Uh, TR will join us uh, on set. They're shooting season, starting to shoot season three for Shorzy. Uh, Wyshynski will be by later on. Uh, Livingston. We have uh, Speck. Uh, also, uh, Eddie Lack's going to join us, a uh, former NHL uh, netminder, and uh, just talk about the goaltending and, you know, kind of the jump. Like, what's the biggest jump? Because w- you call up Pickard. And you know, you can, you, lots of guys, we see lots of goalies with nine thirties in the American league and they come up to the NHL and they ain't even close. Like, obviously there's better players, but what else is it? This is the speed that much different. Is it hard to adapt? We'll find out, uh, for many a little bit later on. As always, you can text us 833-401-1440 in our Jiffy Lube inbox. Welcome back. Game day on Sports 1440 live on Oilers Nation YouTube. The uh, Edmonton Oilers are in San Jose tonight to uh, take on the Sharks. We have uh, a little bit of uh, audibling. We'll uh, switch some guys around. Uh, Mike and uh, Greg, I think, are going to uh, switch slots here. So uh, we'll have uh, Wyshynski now, and then we'll get to uh, Mike Monaco, who's uh, from ESPN, um, later on. Um, guys calling a lot of different sports, man, which would be uh, fun to talk about. But uh, Wyshynski will be by, so uh, that'll be a lot of fun as uh, we go Around the NHL, brought to you by McDonald's. And uh, what's better than getting a McMuffin and a medium premium roast coffee? Well, how about getting one, all of them, for only 4 bucks? Get the coffee and the McMuffin for 4 bucks only at 
McDonald's on a, a busy slate. Uh, the NHL, obviously, they're looking, uh, they like the, uh, the Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. That's where a lot of their games. And then uh, obviously Monday and Wednesday are some, uh, the national games, at least in Canada. So that's what, uh, and uh, even in the U.S., so that's what they're looking for. I don't mind it. I've I've always said I think if you went one dark day, I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world for the uh, the National Hockey League. In fact, uh, I think it could be good. As uh, Greg Wyshynski from uh, ESPN uh, joins us once again, Greg, welcome back to the show, my man. How you doing? Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Now I'm I'm curious. So, um, uh, did you go for a bridge deal? rather than the long-term deal in hopes that you're going to play your way into a bigger payday. Is that the strategy with your your latest contract of two years? Well, the Hockey Writers CBA, you know, caps how long a a deal can be, obviously. But, uh, you know, it's funny. One of the salary cap sites reached out to congratulate me on my new deal with ESPN, and they asked me to uh, provide them with the terms of my contract, and I I had to tell them that – well, I couldn't provide those terms. They can be safe in knowing that Disney is still very much cap compliant uh, based <laughs> on my current salary. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> awesome. Um, how is uh, you know, how how do you feel? You know, you've obviously written at ESPN lots, but now that you know they got the rights, uh, how has it changed? How do you feel? Maybe it's better in the U.S. Oh, it's great, man. I mean, you know, obviously, like from so for those who don't know, like NBC had the rights to the NHL in uh, in the US for quite a long time. Yes. And the two things that have changed that I think are really great, one on our end like just pouring a bunch of resources and and hours of of coverage into the sport, you know, we have a, a weekly show called The Point that I'm on occasionally that's sort of a news magazine type show that yep. you know was added to the coverage, pre-game post-game shows, obviously having all the games in ESPN Plus um, rather than doing the you know, the NHL pay-per-view thing it has been huge, and, and I think it's really helped increase the scope of coverage. And the other thing is this more of a simple thing, which is to have two different networks, us and Turner, un- involved in covering the game. It, it's one, great, because it's sort of that competitive thing that has everybody up their game and try to provide the best coverage as possible. But two, it's just like, it's just different. I mean, like, the vibe that we have and the depth of coverage that we have is, is different than what they provide, and what they provide is different than what we provide. And I think it kind of, like, gives it fans a, a full picture of coverage. They're, they've got the goofy biz stuff. We've got the journalism thing. Like, it's, it's it, you know, no matter what you want, there's going to be something for you now in the States. Um, there's lots of storylines uh, early on this season, and there's some really good ones. So uh, let's start with them, and then we'll end with the bad, uh, which will be in the city that I'm uh, residing in right now. Um <laughs> The uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. A lot of people are like, oh, they don't have Vasilevsky, man. They're getting a little bit older. Well, John Cooper and Nikita Kucherov and Victor Hedman are just like uh, pound sand. Everybody, uh, we're still good, even without our uh, you know future Hall of Fame goaltender. And man, like Tampa Bay looks good. And when they get Vasilevsky back, and then I, I do think at some point at the deadline they'll probably add another veteran defenseman. I can see them making another long run. They need to do that. I mean, I, I think that they, the, you know, one of the reasons why I thought they might take a step back this year is just the atrophy of talent over the years. You know, losing so many good supporting cast members from their bottom six, um, including that entire checking line that helped them win two cups, and then you know losing McDonough because of the salary cap situation. Like they definitely have to go out and find themselves another defenseman that they can have eat up the minutes that are out there when when Hedman's on the bench. Um, but their start's been fantastic. And, you know, the, the goaltending has been 
okay enough yeah. <laughs> to help them win games, but it's really been, you know, John Cooper uh, letting his his great offensive players just kind of carry the day. And you know, Kucherov, who I kind of focused on in my column today a little bit, is, is somebody who has an Art Ross already to his credit. The same year that he won the Hart Trophy, and he's he's certainly getting off that same kind of start right now. Where you know, on the nights when they need something to happen, he's making it happen. He's got multi-point games, you know, all over his docket so far. And it's just a reminder that, you know, these teams that seem like they're going to be teetering on the brink of maybe falling out of contention just because of lineup changes, as long as they've got like five guys <laughs> that can, you know, take over games and put the puck in the net, or even if it's just one line like a Tim and Braden point, um, they can they can still make it happen. And, and credit to Coop. I mean, maybe the, the Lightning's expectations had to be lowered for him to finally get some credit as a coach. Uh, because it's still incredible to me that he's never won the Jack Adams during his time behind the bench. That is amazing, isn't it? Right? Like it's it's. I I, I get that you have good players, but there's still a skill in getting your good guys to buy in all the time, right? It's not as easy as just saying, "Oh, hey, we got a good lineup, we're going to win." <coughs> Edmonton, <coughs> right? Well, it's it's funny because like I wrote about this recently about the Jack Adams and and like. When we think about really, really good teams and their coaches winning that award, I mean, the last guy that really got credit is like Scotty Bowman, maybe. <laughs> like, like Babcock never won it when he was, you know, with those great Detroit teams towards the end of, of that, that decade. Um, Montgomery wins it last year with the Bruins having the season that they had. But I think the reason he wins it is still because the voters could point to definitive things that were different with him behind the bench. So like, for example, you know, their defense goes from like the bottom of the league to the top of the league. And you could see the structure he's giving them. So if it wasn't for those tangible results that you can point to and say a coach did this, I still wonder even with the season the Bruins had last year, if they, if, if, you know, somebody wouldn't have ended up jumping up and winning that award instead of him. Cause you're right. They just don't seem to give the credit to the, the coaches of the really elite teams for that award. Yeah. No, it's, it's lo- Oh, look, we have a bad team and now suddenly they're good. Or, you know, sometimes, um, you know, although I guess, you know, you look at Boston, right? Like that was a, that was a pretty dominant, uh, uh, victory there for sure. And hard, hard to overlook, uh, what Montgomery did. Um, and, and even Vegas, I guess, to a different level. But you're right. It is at times it's like, Oh, look, a bad team suddenly is, is a squeaks into the eighth place team. Oh, geez, big improvement. And um, <laughs> so not, uh, not overly sold, uh, on that. Um, there are some teams though, uh, Greg, that, you know, you look, hey, Boston's playing great. I'll be honest. I didn't think they'd be this good. So I, I give massive credit. Uh, Carolina has found their game after they couldn't stop a beach ball, uh, to start the, uh, the season. No surprise there. But what about your Devils? What, uh, um, any angst at all with Hughes out? Well, I mean, there's concern because it's, it's, it's Hughes and it's Heesher that are both out right now for them right now, which is really kind of an unrecoverable thing when, when you lose your top two centers to, in Heatra's case, I think it's a concussion. And obviously with Jack, it's some upper body shoulder thing that's going to keep him out for like a couple of weeks. So I think, you know, they're just going to try to maintain. But the, the real intrigue around the Devils right now is th- their five-on-five five game kind of has fallen off a bit. Um, their power play is insane. Like it's top in the league. It's clicking at over 40% last time I checked. And it hasn't necessarily slowed down after Hughes got hurt. Like, Toffoli's been great. Dougie Hamilton, the additional Luke Hughes. Like, the power play has really been the reason that they're competitive. But their 5-on-5 game that was so effective last year, you know, 
using their speed, getting back on defense, flipping turnovers and coming in on odd man rushes, that kind of thing has just been really disjointed. I think part of it is trying to recapture the magic is tough when you played as well as they did last year. And part of it's also just some some slight personnel changes on their back end where they lost Damon Severson. Uh, they, they, They ended up trading him, I think, to Columbus. He was going to be a free agent anyway. Ryan Graves signed with the Penguins. They're dealing with some a little bit of a, of a, of a personnel turnover on their back end. Um, so I, I think there's just going to be a little bit of adjustment to be made. They should be fine, but the beginning of the season has very much been power play heavy and then hope the 5-on-5 game gets to where it needs to be. Greg Roshinsky from uh, ESPN joins us. And uh, you come uh, north of the border, uh, there's lots of uh, concern. Uh, uh, Toronto... Uh, they don't like their defense. They don't like their goaltending. Uh, you know, John Klingberg, oh my goodness. Like he is, and, and that, there was lots of people questioning that when he was signed saying, have you guys not watched him the last few years? But holy <laughs> cow, he does not look good. No, he's terrible. You know what's funny about Canada right now? Like every single team except for one has this like messy drama going on. You know, whether it's, you know, Winnipeg before the season, whether it's Ottawa with the owner, you know, obviously the Oilers are where they are, and Calgary's dealing with the Huberto thing, and Toronto's flipping out about their defense, their goaltending right now, and Vancouver all of a sudden, despite being incredibly good on the ice, has become obsessed with who wanted to draft Elias Pettersson and who didn't. The only team that's boring right now is Montreal. Like yeah. Montreal's just like, we're going to stink. Huh. We know we stink, and then eventually we'll get good. But you guys go and freak out about your stuff, and we'll just keep doing the thing that we're doing. It's wild right now how dramatic some of these markets are, but... You know, the the Klingberg thing, you're right. I mean, I, I, I don't quite I never quite understood why they uh, they went in that direction considering his defensive deficiencies and the fact that his offensive game had sort of atrophied too. I mean this guy is you know, took a, a one year show me deal in Anaheim and didn't really show anything there. Um and, and so that that's was a puzzler to begin with. But like the the supporting cast stuff I mean, we all kind of know what Ryan Reeves is. So the fact that it's getting called out as much as it's been called out by Leafs fans is, I don't know, I guess predictable, but, but, but a little bit like redundant. Um, but like some of the guys like Max Domi and others have not necessarily given the sort of performances you'd expect from them at this point in the season. It's one of the reasons why that team is been a bit middling, I think, uh, especially on the defensive end early on. Yeah, and then, uh, you, hey, speaking of drama, the uh, Ottawa Senators, man, it, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's all over the place. Uh, although I will say, I really kind of thought that first-round pick penalty for uh, that, that trade or withholding information, I thought that was really steep. and kind. I, I didn't really agree with that at all. Where did you come out on that? It, it did seem a little harsh, <laughs> for yeah. being honest. I mean, like I... I did like all of the pettiness involved where it was basically like the Vegas Golden Knights and the Anaheim Ducks being like, hey, these guys completely wasted our time and, and they should pay. And then the NHL going along with it. I mean, I understand why they did it. and I understand that, you know, sometimes Bettman makes these decisions to just make sure that everybody's paying attention. But ultimately, where I fall on it is is kind of in the – uh, Ilya Kovalchuk penalty realm, which is that, you know, they could have hit him with a bunch of other things, a fine, whatever, and then, you know, hit him with the loss of the first round pick, but then eventually come around to the idea of, okay, well, the person who made the, the mistake or, or, you know, had the professional malfeasance, well, he lost his job. Yeah. Uh, the, the, um, owners at the time of this happening are no longer the owners. Now there's a new, a new guy owning the team. And that's kind of like almost like with the Devils. I mean, in the Devils' case, it was 
they're, they're that the owner at the time, Jeff Vanderbeek, wanted to sign this contract with Kovalchuk that was completely illegal. Uh, he sells the team, and to do the new owners a solid, the, the Devils get their first rounder back. And I kind of feel like maybe maybe they can come around and, and, and make, make good, considering the Senators have kind of cleaned up the mess a little bit. Because you're right, the loss of a first rounder in this situation seems a bit a bit heavy handed, given given the situation. And uh, give me your thoughts from afar on uh, the Edmonton Oilers. I picked them to win the cup. They're going to be fine. I mean, they have <laughs> to be fine. You're right. No, you know, it's funny. I was I was talking to somebody at, at practice uh, recently uh, at MSG, uh, your, your typical you know hockey lifer, and and he said, you know. The thing about the Oilers is that out of all the teams that are out of the playoff picture right now, they're the only one that you look at and say, okay, I I could see two really good weeks getting them back into it. You know, people forget that this team is like, what do they roll off? Like 16 out of 19 to close the season last year. Like they have the ability if they get average goaltending and and Connor and Leon kind of carrying the day to to rip off a, a streak that can get them back up the standings and, and back in position to at least challenge for a wild card. The thing I discovered about the Oilers and, and writing about them a bit this week and talking about them on our podcast, The Drop, was like Connor's point total is good for people that aren't Connor McDavid. Yes. But when you, and I think you mentioned this too, Gregory, recently, like the, when you dig into the numbers, he's doing a lot of good work in trying to create things. It's just that the finishing on this team has been atrocious. Like the shooting percentage overall has been so bad compared to last season, and and you know Connor is is first in assists that lead to shots, and then like close to two hundredth in the league in primary assists, which tells you that like <laughs> like he's he's doing his job and creating offense, but nobody else is finishing these chances. Um, and so again, shooting percentage is elastic. Uh, what's bad one month can easily be great the next month, and and that's kind of my hope for this team is that. You know they can find somebody who can stop the puck, and then and then find some offensive consistency, because essentially what Connor said is true. If you look at, at at each individual loss, it is death by a thousand cuts because they seem to be losing in kind of a different manner every night. Oh God! Well, every night it's there's one uh, compet one uh, consistent. Uh, they don't get enough saves, and then they'll usually make just an, a ghastly defensive decision that uh, yeah leads to a goal against. But uh, Greg, the good news for the orders. They are playing the one team in the league that's worse than them in the standings. Uh, a San Jose Shark team that, and you go by Sport Logic's numbers that I posted today, and uh, just all the other data, man. Like they are going to push to be one of the worst NHL teams we've ever seen. And I, I said at the start of the year they wouldn't win twenty games, and that's only happened <laughs> once in the two thousands. That was Atlanta. And honestly, yeah. I think it'll be less than fifteen. Yeah, like the worst teams that they're competing with are all like, expansion teams, or in the case of of the Sharks' own worst team in franchise history, a second-year team. Um, the thing, you know, there's going to be nights like we had against the Flyers where, like, they get a really good goaltending performance from Mackenzie Blackwood probably before he gets traded at the deadline <laughs> or before then. Um, and then and then they, they play a close game and, and the, the uh, familiar pangs of pride creep into the players' games and they, and they play well and finish off an opponent. How many times that will actually happen this season is anybody's guess. Probably not a lot. But it might be the thing that keeps them from being one of the absolutely atrocious teams in the history of hockey. But listen, it's funny. We were talking about this on the podcast this week. It's almost like Mike Greer and the Sharks went out to try to design like as bad a team as possible 
but then they're like the the mad scientist in a sci-fi movie looking out the window and watching their creature maraud the countryside and being like, my God, what have I done? Because I don't think anybody knew it was going to be quite as, as monstrously bad as this and just how, how downright ugly uh, it was going to be early on this season. But again, like you said, you said the Oilers should feel pretty good about this game. I, I kind of agree because they're a really bad hockey team. But if I'm Jay Woodcroft... <laughs> I know the possibility exists Dude. that I could, I could, I could, I could give the Sharks their second win of the season, and uh, and I still, I, I'm, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how you how you bounce back from that if you're the Oilers. Uh, I can tell you, Greg, on on a purely selfish note, that uh, there's very few more angst than I am because I made a, a, an off the cuff comment on Monday after the well before the Oilers game on Monday. I was like, hey, I don't think they're going to beat Vancouver. But they'll beat San Jose because they're terrible. Like, and I'm so confident they could beat them. I would grow the Costanza or the Leahy. And uh, sadly, that is now on the table if the Orders lose that game for six months. So uh, trust me, there is no one wanting a San Jose loss more than myself. Well, maybe my wife. That might be the only other person. Hey, well, listen, you know, all it takes is one good win and, and then you get rolling. Yeah. Wow. Which is obviously exactly what we said after the Heritage Classic. Yeah, ex- you know what? It's funny because it looked like, and the thing about the Heritage Classic was the orders actually played how you want them to play. Calgary did not generate many chances. They played sound defensively. You know what? They didn't rely on McDavid and Drysaddle to win yeah. the game. Their defense scored yeah. some goals. You're like, okay, they're out of their slumber. And then they followed up with loss, loss, loss. Yeah. So, And they can't score. And, That's and, the thing. And, and I know... And like, and like you said, like everybody was kind of treating that Vancouver loss as being like, oh my God, here we go again. It's like they already dropped two to them this year. They clearly have their number, and Vancouver is good. Like I, I'm with you, man. Like I went to the, into that game being like, if they win here, it's unexpected. Um, but this is one where you you got you got to get a little healthy here. You got you got to take care of the Sharks, man, because this is this is what, it, what what why you're playing them is to get a little bit healthy, feel a little bit good about yourself, and then. God forbid you lose. Now it's a completely different conversation. Oh, dude! If if they well, if they lose that game, I, I want what the organization could have to do something. You can, you can't lose to like like I I get that Edmonton's thirty first, but if you look at all the data, like the orders have created the fifth most high danger chances. They can't score to save their yeah. life right now. It's yeah. odd, but you lose to San Jose, Greg, and now you're two nine and one. I'll be I'll be very curious to see what Jeff Jackson does because you can't just be like ah, well like at like at some point you'd have to do something if you have a loss tonight. like I don't think they'll lose tonight I'm hoping they don't lose tonight for myself but and even if they lose to Seattle like win tonight and then lose to Seattle it's like you know one step forward three back again it doesn't do them any good yeah and 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 you know the timelines of these types of you know spirals are usually like team meeting put a, a, a big name better on waivers to get their attention. Then there's usually like a trade before you fire the coach. But like the thing about Woodcroft is like you said, I mean, like the, you look under the hood on this team and there are some things that they're doing that are quite good. Um, but then you watch them and it's like the goaltending's terrible. And, and as you said, when you watch guys like Nurse and Bouchard make mistakes out there, they, they just seem apocalyptic as far as like their impact on this team when they do make defensive gaps. Gaffs. So, I don't know, man. Like, part of me thinks they're going to have to make a move for a goalie before they would fire Woodcroft, just based on how well this team is playing, kind of like theoretically. But you're right. I mean, like, if you drop a game to San Jose and this is your record uh, moving forward, like, man, it's it's going to be hard to kind of like make the argument that there shouldn't be at least some kind of change behind the bench. 
Yeah, well, something. Uh, management, I don't know what. Uh, goalie coach, trade, anything. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I don't want to think about it, Greg. Although, from a radio sports shock host, if I hadn't made this dumb bet, it would actually be, uh, you know, rather riveting to see it uh, unfold. But uh, now that I have that in mind, I don't want it to see happen. So we'll see. <laughs> well, Mackenzie I mean, Blackwood, with, with- you, you saw him up close and personal. Uh, like a few years ago, this guy was really, really good in New Jersey, and yeah, you know, he, he wasn't bad. I no. mean, like he had his moments, and then and then over the course of a few years, like he his his game kind of fell off. But again, that's the real issue now is that like you you're at a, you're at a situation where you're looking around the league and like who who is the person that you're going to trade for? Like, what is the goalie tandem? that somebody wants to break up in order to help the Oilers, and then what do you have to give up to do it? I'll, let, me, let me give you this one, because I thought about this the other day. If, if he was healthy and the Flyers came to you and said, we'll, we'll give you Carter Hart for Evan Bouchard, would you make that deal today, knowing what, Bouchard's, what Bouchard is this year? Would Edmonton make that trade, Carter Hart for Evan? Oh, I think they would in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat, yeah. yeah. Even, even, knowing that, even knowing he's a pretty you know, valuable asset, which is a good young puck-moving defenseman. Yeah, well, I think they realize if you don't have a goaltender, you you don't have a chance. And like they're they're like their goaltending right now has been so bad. Although, like I would think it would have to be another like if you're trading Carter Hart, you probably want a goalie back. So it would probably be Hart for Skinner. And then if you're making Bouchard, then Philly's got to give you something else. I'd probably end up being a bigger piece trade, but it would be an interesting conversation. I think um, I think Edmonton might might have to make it because if you don't have a goaltender, you you don't have a chance. Yeah, there's just so few teams that want to break up their tandems. Like, you can go and ask for, like, yeah. Wedgwood from Dallas, but then, look, like, what are they going to do? Expose, you know, play Ottinger 80 games again? Like, uh, it's it's really become an interesting league in the sense that, you know, you do have these teams that certainly have their workhorse starters, but a lot of them are tandems. And even when the teams do have workhorse starters, you look like, you know, Nashville or Dallas or whoever, they love their backups, and they love, I love, they love the ability to – to give their their guys a spell with a good goaltending performance in the backup as well, and and again, like is Blankenen or Wedgwood or some of these other guys going to really be the solution in goal? I don't know. Like that's what that's what Jack Campbell was supposed to be, right? With yeah. like, the one A who comes in and stabilizes the position. By the way, enough of the of the Jack Campbell erasure, man. Like when when he was signed, um, maybe a lot of us thought the money was a little egregious, but it was a really hot goalie market. But for the most part, we all kind of thought he'd be a stabilizing force for that team and not a, an abject disaster who's on waivers a few years later. Like, you know, like, I don't know. I feel like there's been some revisionist history in, in, the, in the Campbell signing just because of how bad he's been. Yeah, well, I, I will say there were some people that said, hey, man, like five years, uh, you know, it's kind of – and I, I'm always one. I've always said this. Nobody – if unless you're elite – I don't sign guys to long-term deals. I yeah. just so, yeah, goalies, goalies uh, especially. Man. Oh god, but the term the term is the issue. But yeah. again, like, it, but the problem is, is that it was it was a market that probably required them to get that kind of contract to get them and to get them into Edmonton. So sometimes you have to you have to keep that in mind when looking at a contract just on paper. But I mean, like as a player though, like I feel like there's a lot of people that are just kind of like dunking on the guy, being like, "Well, we knew this would never work," and I don't know. I remember a lot of people being like, "Well, that's." That's good. At least they'll have half a goalie tandem, you know, with, with Campbell signing there. So I don't know. It's it's just it sucks that it worked out the way it did because I think overall, like I like the I like the job Ken Holland's done, but I feel like it's really hard to counterbalance how bad the goaltending decisions have been versus everything else that he's done. Greg, great stuff, my man. We appreciate it. Have yourself an awesome day. Anytime. Thanks for having me. That's uh, Greg Rashinsky from ESPN. Uh, quick break. We'll return. Bronte joins us next on the Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 
You know, I got into refing for the excitement. He's going for the chair! Turns out wrestling is completely scripted. But you know what's exciting and unscripted? PlayAlberta.ca With an all-new sports book, odds boosts and betting on any game. PlayAlberta.ca Go all in on excitement. Sign up today with promo code SPORTS50 and get a $50 free bet. Official gaming partner of the Edmonton Oilers. Remember, if you gamble, use your game sense. 250, Gregor, Connor Halley with you on Sports 1440 Live and Owners Nation YouTube as we get to the oil report brought to you by Volvo Cars Edmonton.com. Right now, they have their uh, Black Friday sale. It goes on till the end of the month where you can get $7,500 off any 2020. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 23 model. S60, XC90, XC60. They have it all. Volvo Cars, Edmonton.com. Stop in this weekend. Uh, you will get a fantastic deal. As uh, Robin Brownlee, a.k.a. Ruben Bronte, joins us and uh rubes was it the obvious choice to go with skinner or did you think there is a valid argument to consider pickard well i think there's a valid argument to consider pickard but uh, skinner's got to be your guy if you believe uh he's the horse you ride for the rest of the season uh, until i mean you can't presume otherwise on what might happen. Um, you've got to say, get in there, win us a help, help us win a hockey game, Stuart. You can't go from, man, look at this kid. He earned a new contract. Yes. He struggled in the playoffs a bit last year to uh, a forgotten man who is, isn't even good enough to get the start when Campbell's not even here anymore. No, you gotta, you gotta say, Stuart, Let's get back on track here. Let's get let, let's get a win. Go out and do what you do. 
Well, he better do something because he hasn't done it great, right? Uh, when you're minus 8.78 uh, for for goals uh, below expected, that's not uh, that's not ideal. So, um, you know, the orders they're they're taking on the Sharks. Um, there's every reason to think they should win. Of course, uh, Philadelphia would have probably thought the, thought the same thing. Uh, they outshot him two to one in that game, uh, albeit uh, not a lot of great chances by the Flyers in that game. But uh, you're taking on a San Jose team that will welcome in another new defenseman tonight, Robin, the eleventh D man who will suit up for the Sharks, and it is game thirteen. Like it's hard to have much continuity on your back end when you're switching up guys <laughs> virtually every game. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? And I'm still thinking, um, you know, the, the idea, can you imagine where we'd be at right now if uh, that Evan Bouchard, uh, Carter Hart was on the table right now? The Oilers would do that in a second, would they not? I know you discussed it with Wyshynski, but I tell you what, that's a name that would come in handy right now, especially if you go with a, a tandem of, of local guys like that. But you know what? For me... Um, I worry, and it's not because of the haircut thing with you. Mackenzie Blackwood against Stuart Skinner right now. Um, I don't have any delusions that the Sharks are any good, but they were a not any good team that was good enough to beat the Flyers. And where the Oilers are at right now, if they don't get going early, and Mackenzie Blackwood looks like not tonight, fellas. Um, this could be more of a nail-biter than you think, because when the Sharks started off so terrible before the Oilers last, lost the last couple, I remember mentioning how pathetic the Sharks were um, and how they were going to push the old Washington Capitals for you know the worst start ever and maybe the worst record talking about overall wins in a season. I don't think they get anywhere near 20, but... You know, funny things happen. This is the team you got in front of you now. They got to feel a little bit better about themselves. They're realistic, but they got to win under Philadelphia. This club is so shaky. They've had so many good starts in terms of shots. Look at the last game against the Canucks, and you look up at the scoreboard and go, man, we've had our chances and we're behind. Um, we can break down those chances, and you've done that a couple of times, but holy Cal, if, if if it doesn't start well, it might not end well because this is a club that's got to be really fragile right now. Oh, well, 100%. But they all should be annoyed, man. Like, you'd think they'd be angry and, and show yep. some fight at some point. And, um, you know, I, I would have liked a little bit more late in that game against uh, Vancouver. Um, you know, I, heck, be a Brady Kachuk. Get in the face of one of your teammates when you make an egregious error, right? Like, uh, you know, at some point, th- this team, like tonight, and here's the thing, Rob, they, I expect them to win tonight. And they, they don't get negative marks because they beat San Jose, but I don't wake up tomorrow and be like, okay, the orders have turned. Like, the orders could win 7-1 tonight. They, they easily yeah. could. Like, look at the numbers. San Jose's expected goals against is four, right? And their goals is even higher. It's crazy. But uh, I look at this as a game the Sharks don't score very much. Like, here's my favorite stat of the Sharks. Since the NHL's been around, there's been 1,695 different NHL teams. The Sharks are 1,693 all-time so far in goals per game. 
only 1929 Pittsburgh Pirates and Chicago Blackhawks score less. Like this is like if the orders, if they even give up three goals tonight or two against the Sharks, you can look and say, how is that possible? Because they're that bad and that lethargic offensively. Yeah, and that's true. And if the Oilers give up three, that might be enough for the Sharks. Yeah, well, if the Oilers give up three tonight, Ted, then guess what? Even if they win 6-3, to me, they've shown very little improvement defensively because you're going up against the worst offensive team in the NHL. Like, the Oilers need a win for the standings, but I also think they need to win in a fashion that you can build around a little bit. Now, the last time they did, they didn't build on it at all. Right against Calgary. They actually played a pretty solid game, I thought, top to bottom against the Flames. And really, not that they played awful against Dallas. They ended up with 49 shots. But again, they just made like three horrific errors that led directly to goals in that game. And that, that's what I watch for tonight, Robin, is how many times will Oiler fans be screaming at their TV saying WTF on a defensive decision? Well, and that's a, you know what, that's a chapter that can't keep coming up because it is so consistent where you go, what's he thinking? What are they thinking out there? I mean, you don't have to be uh, a hockey expert to look at some of the plays we're seeing be made and you're wondering, what's, what's all that about? What I wonder, Jason, is this, and I touched on it in something I wrote today at Oilers Nation, Mike Greer, who everybody around here knows, uh, you know, tough go for him. He's When you're the GM of a club that's where they're at, it's a tough go. But he went in and he talked and he had that, what did what was it? He dubbed it the, a one-way conversation. Yeah. That's a, that, that's a nice way of saying, guess what, guys? And you sit there and listen, here's what I got to say. And you listen and you make sure it sinks in. Or else, and there was an or else there because he talked about what changes would have to be made if he didn't like what he saw. At the same time with the Oilers, Jason, and you know this, some people, and I, I get a lot of times it's frustration, but they've wanted more from Jay Woodcroft in terms of, of uh, calling guys out. Connor McDavid said, well, it doesn't mean it's not happening. It's just because we're not doing it publicly. And we don't know what goes on behind closed doors. So if he's doing it, fine, but it hasn't had the effect he's wanted yet. But at some point, it can't just be this isn't us and the talk we've heard. Uh, Talk after a while is so weak. Now, hey, the Sharks may be out of gas again, and one win does not mean what Greer said sunk in and will stick because it's a challenged hockey team in terms of depth and talent. But at some point, these guys have got to stop talking about it and start winning hockey games. Oh, we know what we did wrong. Well, just stop doing it then and win a damn game. They need to win this game uh, because this is their, uh, this can be their Philadelphia game where they start feeling good about themselves, but it can't be talk. It's got to be walk. Very true. What's your what's your realistic expectation for tonight? Seven months of the lady. Um, what a, what a dick. <laughs> Talking about people going WTF. When you said that, I was. Oh, I'm thinking, buddy, that's a bit strong. I mean, but you know what? I think the Oilers win this game. I think they win it. Uh, 
four or five to one. Uh, I'd expect that anything less, and you got to wonder what's going on for real. Yeah, for sure. Rubes, have a good one. Enjoy the game. I will. See ya. That's uh, Robin Brownlee, a.k.a. Uh, Ruben Bronte. It's uh, just after uh, 3 o'clock. We'll get to a sports 1440 update brought to you by BIE Engineering, specializing in all your residential, commercial, and industrial structural engineering needs. Go to BIEENG.com. When we come back, uh, Terry Ryan will uh, join us. Uh, Mike Monaco. We got uh, Livingston. uh, Five questions and much, much more on the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 